welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. Hello, Lou. How are you doing today? I'm doing swell. And yourself? I'm just really excited. We've got an, such an exciting show today. I just really want to get into it. But I, I know, I, I, I know you've so got excited. some other comments. I'm so <laughs> excited I didn't sleep last night. Uh, it's, and that's true, gentlemen. I really didn't. Uh, Tim? Uh, now, Lou, last week uh, you've got a postscript comment and then a couple yeah. of news pieces, and then I, I'm just gnashing at the bit to get to our, to our guests. So, uh, I'll, 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 make it, I'll make it quick. Uh, th- last week, which was really this past Monday, our regular show, this is a special show today, um, Dr. Louise Young, who is an uh, organic uh, chemist at MIT, and she's involved with uh, Open Innovation and Sigma 9, a very heady topic, very interesting. Uh, prepare to put your thinking cap on when you re-listen to the show on our website at mfgtalkradio.com. Uh, with regard to the news, uh, you know, you know, there's always news, uh, but the big news today is that tomorrow is MFG Day, Manufacturing Day, here in the United States. And we, really, we have the pleasure and honor of having three formidable individuals who are responsible for, that, uh, for Manufacturing Day to have been created four years ago, and uh, Tim, I'll, I'll let you uh, introduce uh, uh, num- number one guest and uh, take it away. Great. Yes, yeah, so I want to talk with Ed first and then uh, Mark Trophy. But Ed Udell is president and CEO of Fabricators and Manufacturers Association International. And I understand, Ed, that the idea first popped into your head about Manufacturing Day. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. Uh, how uh, the idea came to – I'm sorry? Could... I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, what is Manufacturing Day? Uh, give us some background. So uh, the idea came out of a conversation I was having with uh, a Dilip Thate from the National Institute of Standards and Technologies uh, Manufacturing Extension Partnerships Program, and we were talking about how uh, their competitiveness services and uh, – innovation uh, programs could be accessed by FMA's members. So we, we thought about how to do that, and based on that conversation, uh, the idea came to me that we should have a special day uh, that we could get FMA members involved with NIST. But then the more I thought about it, I realized this was a platform that was much larger than just uh, for FMA members. And... Uh, we went uh, on a broader scale, created Manufacturing Day. And the idea is that we allow manufacturers to open their doors in any way they see fit to invite their communities, their schools, their educators, their legislators inside so that we can start to define the conversation about what modern manufacturing is and what it isn't. And, And more importantly, really to underscore the value of what manufacturing means to local communities, states, and the overall U.S. economy. And it certainly does, that does mean a lot. Question? It, it does, and thank you very much. It certainly does mean a lot to the economy. And you bring up an interesting point. You use the term 
modern manufacturing. Expand on that a little bit, because I think that's important for our listeners to hear. Well, uh, certainly a lot, you know, lots of people always have the post-1970s uh, era manufacturing idea in their head. Uh, maybe it's the post-World War II uh, idea of what manufacturing is. And it, it certainly has changed much more. It's important to understand that uh, today's manufacturer does not compete with the uh, manufacturer down the street. They, they're competing on a global platform. So they need to be innovative. Uh, their operations are technology-driven. Uh, they're using processes known as lean technology or, or lean engineering in order to uh, – compete, drive out waste in the process, maximize profitability so that uh, what they do here in the U.S. can be uh, thought of on an equal competitive footing as what a manufacturer in China may be doing. Okay, and by the way, Ed, and to the rest of you, congratulations. We had Pat Lee on the show just about a month ago today, and she was talking about having 1,500 events on Manufacturing Day, and at that time they had 500. And I was thinking to myself, boy, that's a leap of 1,030 days. And I understand that you've exceeded that number. Is that right, Ed? Uh, we're currently sitting just under 1,600 events. Uh, in all 50 states, we picked up an event in Alaska on Tuesday night so that uh, we can say we've got one in every state. We have three Canadian provinces that are participating and also several facilities in Puerto Rico. Well, that's, that's I, excellent. I, I do have an, a question for you because I, I saw some of your stats. The state that has the most number of events, and I'm going to let you pull the punchline on this one, uh, it was quite surprising. So I'm going to leave it to you to uh, t talk to us about that. Sure. California has over 140 events planned. Uh, you know, they're the left coast. Uh, many people wouldn't think of California as having such a large manufacturing base, but they certainly are uh, have a strong manufacturing platform. Uh, they have some very innovative companies out there, including uh, Amada Corporation in the L.A. area, which is uh, doing a, a special private event. Uh, featuring their world-class laser-cutting technology. There's a company called Purple Platypus who's got uh, 3D uh, engineering and design. Uh, right now, additive manufacturing is a very popular subject as the makers' movement begins to uh, work its way across the United States. So, uh, you know, there's some really high-tech, cool things going on, and, and we're hope hopeful that we get students and educators uh, involved to take a look at those kinds of things. I understand that uh, Florida also has a, an inordinate number of people involved in tomorrow. Is that correct? Absolutely. They've got the third most uh, number of events, and we found that very surprising because if you look at state population and number of businesses, um, it's surprising to us, but it really speaks to their commitment, A, to their manufacturing community, but also to their education system where they want to expose students and educators to the opportunities for long-lasting careers and well-paying, family-supporting wage jobs. Now, Mark, I understand from Ed that NIST was involved in this in the very early stages in, in its nucleus phase. 
Uh, Mark Tropy is uh, with the NISD Manufacturing Extension Partnership Program. He's acting director of program development and manager of strategic partnership. Does that all fit on a business card, Mark? Uh, barely. <laughs> Tell us how you got involved with Manufacturing Day. So uh, in our very early conversations with, uh, with Ed, um, it became apparent that uh, our work and uh, the work of all folks who are involved in manufacturing could really benefit from uh, an event like what we're about, like Manufacturing Day. Um, we're part of the U.S. Department of Commerce, and uh, the Manufacturing Extension Partnership, or MEP for short, uh, we are dedicated to going out every day and working with manufacturers across the country uh, to help them enhance their competitive position. And that can involve everything from uh, helping them with process improvements or cost savings to looking for growth opportunities. Uh, it won't surprise you that uh, one of the things we hear from many or most of the manufacturers with whom we work is uh, that they have issues around uh, workforce and finding people with the right skills, uh, in particular uh, job areas or in particular geographies. And so um, we thought that uh, working with partners uh, such as Ed and in the uh, NAM and uh, the others who have been in involved in the effort could be a terrific way to increase awareness about what is really going on in manufacturing plants today. And uh, you heard Ed talk about the outdated vision of manufacturing. I think folks who drive by a manufacturing facility uh, rarely have the opportunity to go inside or to see what's going on there. Uh, to understand how things are made. We take so much for granted when we, you know, jump behind the wheel of our car. And um, to get a better understanding of uh, what it takes to manufacture highly sophisticated products that are uh, driven by cutting-edge technologies uh, and the skill requirements uh, that are necessary uh, to, uh, to use the computers and the robotics and the 3D printers and the other uh, very high-end technologies that are uh, prevalent in manufacturing today, well, there's no better way than to have folks see it and touch it and talk to people who work in that environment every day. And so um, this was a big help, uh, we thought, to our mission because the more that young people and educators and guidance counselors are aware of what's going on in those manufacturing facilities, uh, the more likely they are to understand the career opportunities, uh, the good wages, uh, the educational requirements that are involved, and to choose a career in manufacturing uh, as a way to, um, you know, to make a good living and to, to get the good feeling that comes from making something and, and contributing to, um, uh, to the products that we depend on and see and use in our uh, daily lives. Uh, I'd like to uh, introduce our, our third guest, uh, Ned Monroe. Who is the uh, national with the National Association of Manufacturers? He's re responsible for public affair activities, including grassroots engagements, uh, advocacy issues, election programs. He's also uh, responsible for allied uh, organizations and affiliated state associations. And I, I guess you have one of those oversized business cards, also. Is that right, Ned? It sure seems like it some days, but it's also one of the most uh, uh, rewarding opportunities to be able to, uh, you know, protect and advance manufacturing. So, so really glad to be uh, working with uh, everybody here on the radio show and uh, being uh, able to uh, to uh, work on Manufacturing Day. 
Well, I, I thank you for being on, and it's a, an honor to have you, and it's an honor to be uh, an endorser or sponsor for Manufacturing uh, Day as well. Uh, I would like to uh, ask you about uh, briefly how you uh, got yourself uh, involved in this uh, as well. And then I, then I have a real important question for you. Well, this, after I'll, that. I'll start with the easy one then. The, uh, you know, <laughs> We have a we have a long and fantastic relationship with Ed Udell and FMA. And um, when Ed came to the National Association of Manufacturers with the concept of Manufacturing Day, um, it was a no-brainer for us to uh, cooperate and partner. And glad to be uh, working with the folks at the Commerce Department at NIST and and uh, the the Discovery Center or Discovery Channel is one of our uh, our partners and the Manufacturing Institute. Uh, but we're all the number one reason we're doing this is because we understand the importance and the the, uh, the need to promote manufacturing. You know, we do have a skills gap. There's been some estimates that there may be as many as 600,000 jobs that are waiting to be filled in manufacturing. There's obviously, as folks have mentioned, um, some really fantastic uh, opportunities for youth, uh, for folks to uh, get engaged. Um, you know, manufacturing is... A, uh, a very rewarding, uh, very financially stable, um, high-paying, lifelong career. Uh, we have a lot of folks in the industry that are retiring, baby boomers that are that are that are at the retirement age, and we're trying to find folks to come into the industry. And if we tell the story, uh, we're going to get folks into manufacturing. That helps the manufacturing companies that are our members, but it also is going to help the government, going to help the the economy, going to help. Um, the entire United States. The other thing we really like about Manufacturing Day, and particularly for those in the audience that, that are not paying, uh, haven't paid attention or don't know about it, Manufacturing Day is a celebration of manufacturing that takes place on the first Friday of, of uh, every October, so it's it's uh, the third. And um, I'm sorry, tomorrow is the second. Do I have the dates right? No, tomorrow's, tomorrow's the third. third. You've got tomorrow's the third, third. So right? it's October, Friday, October 3rd. Um, and uh, it's the first Friday of every uh, October, and it's very organic. So we have some uh, manufacturing facilities that are opening their doors to the public. Some are opening their doors for uh, for students to come in and see the facilities. Some are doing it just for guidance counselors uh, to uh, to introduce them to the fascinating careers and uh, rewarding opportunities. Uh, some of the folks, because of security or maybe safety issues, aren't opening the, the, their um, their doors for you know public. Um, uh, tours, but they are doing a celebration with their existing workforce to thank them and congratulate them for being uh, in, the, in uh, manufacturing. So for us, it's a very easy um, and no-brainer uh, opportunity for us to participate with uh, Ed, FMA, and the other partners on Manufacturing Day. Uh, I would like to mention, for the sake of the listeners, uh, if they want to know where some of these events are happening in their state, that your website is www mfgday.com and there is a map uh, with links to, to every state and you can see where where events are going on and I, I know some of these events are going on for uh, there, there, I think there are nine states that are participating in this for the whole month of October so right. that's uh, part of the reason we like it that it's organic so 
For example, uh, we, the National Association of Manufacturers, we're having our board of directors meeting here in Washington. So a lot of our, uh, our our membership is not doing it today, but they're doing it, uh, you know, next week or later in the month of October. So mm-hmm. we welcome everybody to sign up and register to hold open houses anytime uh, that works best to celebrate and uh, uh, showcase the opportunities that there are in manufacturing. Matter of fact, uh, my understanding is that you're going to have to be leaving the show early to go to your hundred manufacturing company boardroom meeting uh, sometime during the course of the show, if I'm not mistaken. So that being said, let me ask you a question. And uh, you and I briefly had this conversation when we were chatting in a a uh, pre-show call that the United States has gone from, I think it was uh, the high was somewhere around 48% GDP manufacturing, and we've now slipped to 12 and uh, so here's the question. We're, we're doing a lot. You're doing a terrific job of uh, awakening the, the public and awakening uh, the, the, the millennials and the, and the new people coming into uh, uh, career opportunities. Are we going to get our GDP, manufacturing GDP, from 12 to 20-plus anytime soon? And how are we going to do it? And how is the that's, government going to help? All right. That's a, that's a, a really great question and obviously an important question for anybody who who cares about uh, manufacturing. And the short answer is, I sure hope so. Uh, The longer answer is, look, manufacturing and the manufacturing industry and the 12 million men and women that make things in America are certainly uh, the people who can get us back up to uh, almost any um, numbers we can accomplish, whatever, whatever we set our mind to. But the problem here is not just manufacturing. And I mean, the longer the, the, the longer answer to this is, you know, manufacturing in the United States, where it's a, as as Ed was talking about, it's a global platform, and that uh, for the United States, 95% of our customers actually live outside the border of the U.S. And so, what we have to look at is what are the advantages for manufacturing in the United States? And we've done a couple studies, and generally speaking, there's four things that we look at when we talk about. Uh, why would folks uh, uh, manufacture in the United States? What are what are the, the advantages or disadvantages? And typically there's four things. There's tax, tort reform policies, regulatory policies, and energy. And today the United States is at a disadvantage on tax, tort, and regulation. The only net advantage that we have right now in the United States, and it's pretty sizable, it's really it's a fantastic opportunity, and that's in energy. Uh, we're having a, a renaissance in uh, certain sectors, uh, primarily because we've got uh, a cheap and abundant and stable, reliable energy sources. And uh, so the the answer is, can we ever get back to where we need to be? We certainly can, but it depends on governmental policies. Uh, when we have the uh, the highest tax corporate tax rate uh, in the industrial uh, world, when our tort reform are discouraging people, when our regulatory burdens uh, are not long-term or consistent or they're um, uh, financially burdensome, um, those things are put us at a disadvantage. And what we need to do to turn that around, to grow even higher, is to have good policies. Now, you know, uh, manufacturing is doing pretty well. If you look at some of the economic the statistics that have come out just this week, um, you know, the, the purchasing manager index is still up. We're positive. Uh, U.S. manufacturing is still expanding. Um, it's widespread. Um, you know, there's growth in manufacturing from every corner of the country. And even employment, employment manufacturing, we've had 15 consecutive months of employment growth in manufacturing. So there's some really bright um, spots. There's a fantastic opportunity. 
but it just we just as manufacturers we have to make sure that the government policy doesn't get in the way from continued expansion and it, if if we do the right thing uh, it's going to grow the entire economy we have um, uh, the highest multiplier effect of any industry. For every dollar you put in manufacturing, I, I, my number might be slightly off, but the last one I saw was for every dollar you put in manufacturing, it's about a dollar forty-eight multiplier, which is the highest of any sector. So it's great for manufacturing, but the more manufacturing we have in the U.S., the better it is for the entire economy and the entire country. I'm going to ask you a, a follow-up question to that um, that you more than likely won't be able to answer, and that is, what does the government actively have to do, uh, aside from sitting on their hands? Well, we have, uh, at the National Association of Manufacturers, a, a, a very serious and well-thought-out comprehensive growth policy, and it includes uh, a regulatory reform. It includes comprehensive tax reform, both for uh, corporations but also for individuals. You know, it, when you talk about tax, Two-thirds of manufacturers pay um, their uh, their tax at the individual rate, their pass-through entities. So it has to be both individual and corporate, so comprehensive tax reform. There has to be, um, we believe, um, opportunities for regulatory relief. And regulatory relief does not mean um, uh, what I think a lot of people think about. It, it goes beyond just the economic cost. We need better regulations. We need regulations that are transparent. We need regulations that are not dictated by special interest groups, one side or the other. We need to come together and have real long-term regulatory relief that's transparent, and that will ultimately give us better regulations. So if, if anybody's interested in our specific, more detailed policies, we have it on our website at the nam.org, nam.org, um, and you can find more information about the policies. Um Mark, you're you're with the uh, the government. You're with part of the Commerce Department, and I heard Ed say earlier that he really came uh, to you to talk about giving their members access to uh, NAST info. Um, how do you see what the government can do to help manufacturing grow? So, in our MEP centers. Uh, we're all about helping companies uh, deal with the reality of the situation out there uh, every day. And so um, whether it's challenges that they are facing uh, in terms of um, you know, demands that are being placed on them by their suppliers uh, or whether it is uh, new technologies that they're looking into explore uh, to try to integrate into their production process uh, or maybe a new technology that's a cornerstone for new product development, uh, you know, when you're a small manufacturer, which is uh, the kind of company that we typically work with, you know, 25 to 250 employees uh, in the main, uh, you've got a lot of things on your plate, uh, trying to get product out the door, put out the latest fires, uh, keep your customers happy. And so um, uh, you don't always have access to perfect information. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of government resources and a lot of, uh, you know, public-private partnerships and intermediaries out there that are set up to help companies, particularly those that are facing, uh, you know, various challenges, um, to try to help them navigate their way through, uh, through um, support that's available to them. 
So we have technical and manufacturing experts who will go out and work with them in the company um, around everything from, you know, connecting them to, to partners who can help them with access to financing or guidance around how to export to, to new markets or how to navigate the university opportunities for, you know, pulling technologies uh, out of the labs, uh, the research centers. Um, those are all assets and resources that, uh, unfortunately, manufacturers uh, don't have time or energy to, to focus on. And so we, you know, we try to be a good partner. We work closely with other public and private entities out there to connect the 30,000 manufacturers a year that we touch in our efforts to the right resources and the right services, depending on what their needs are and their particular markets and their particular industry circumstances. And, Mark, we would be remiss if we didn't uh, get a plug-in for your website. Where can listeners go to get more information? Uh, so it's uh, www.nist.gov slash MEP. Oh, that's fairly easy. Okay. Well, we are going to take a brief commercial break, and then we'll be back with another question for Ned before he has to run off to the board meeting and a hundred manufacturing companies and then I will speak a little bit more with Ed about manufacturing day and, and Mark about all the exciting events that are taking place so after our brief commercial break we'll be back with manufacturing talk radio manufacturing talk radio will be right back All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001 AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania is a leader in specialized cranes, hoists, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace, nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com or 877-877-6778. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit axpgold.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at axpgold.com. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. And welcome back to speaking with uh, Ed Udell from Fabricators and Manufacturers Association and Mark Tropey, who's with uh, NIST and MEP in the Commerce Department, and Ned Monroe with NAM. Ned, anything you would like to share with our listeners before you have to uh, duck out for your board meeting? Well, thank you, thank you again for the opportunity to be with you all today. I I would just say that uh, manufacturing is absolutely one of the most rewarding, uh, fantastic careers that are out there right now. Um, and the, uh, the opportunities for young folks to, uh, to get into a career 
that is uh, high-paying, rewarding, long-term, is fantastic. And now is the opportunity to get in and, uh, and see our manufacturing facilities on these open houses. If you wanted to, if you're a manufacturer and you want to open up your facility to uh, students or the public, you can register on uh, the website at uh, mfgday.com. Uh, if you're somebody who wants to learn more about the career, um, we, you know whether you're you're just getting started or you're thinking about a, a career change, uh, you can also go to that site mfgday.com and find facilities that are open, that are trying to convince folks to uh, to, to join the manufacturers. It's a, it's a fantastic opportunity for folks, and uh, I hope everybody will take advantage of Manufacturing Day to celebrate the great things that manufacturing and the industry is doing for our country. Thank you for being our guest, Ned. And before you sign off, uh, if you want to let the listeners know your website address where they can go for more information. Sure. Thank you very much. So I'm with the National Association of Manufacturers, and our website is nam.org, N-A-M, National Association of Manufacturers.org. And thank you all very much for having me today. Thanks Thanks for for joining joining us, Ned. We will continue the show with uh, Ed Udell and Mark Tropy. Uh, Ed, why don't we uh, talk to the listeners about some of the events that are going on around the country? And if I understand it correctly, this, although it kicks off tomorrow, tomorrow, this really carries out for the whole month of October. If somebody wanted to do an event next Thursday, it would still be okay. Is that right? Absolutely correct. Uh, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> uh, before I. Uh, came to the office today to call in for the show. I was at two events in the Rockford, Illinois area. Uh, One of them, uh, Superior Joining Technologies, uh, was having students from the Rockford area high schools. I was there for a plant tour. They were showing showing, uh, the kids uh, welding applications uh, for the aerospace industry, as well as uh, laser cutting technology. Uh, And then later on, I went to another of event here in the Rockford area, a company called Megafab, and they uh, were displaying the machine tool technology that they make and build and ship all over the world. And, you know, I, I'm always fascinated walking into a manufacturing plant. I'm more like a kid in a candy store because I want to see how things are made. I also understand that the Science Channel is running a marathon of television shows. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Ed? Sure. Uh, The Science Channel, in particular, uh, they're programming how it's made. Uh, They're a key partner in Manufacturing Day. Uh, The Discovery Networks uh, do a great deal of work with students in education, especially in the the area of STEM, science and technology, engineering and mathematics. Um, And they support those efforts, and they they see the, the need and uh, the necessary activities of manufacturing for uh, to support the U.S. Uh, on Friday, they're holding a How It's Made marathon, which, uh, you know, it's a great way to participate in Manufacturing Day without leaving the house. Uh, maybe uh, parents can sit down with their kids, and for the very first time, they can start to understand the process of making things, the technology involved, the innovation, the uh, the good thinking from individuals that create uh, fabulous products um, and equipment, machinery, technology, all the different things that we use in our everyday life that maybe we take for granted. Uh, and we want to be able to inspire the next generation of inventors and manufacturers. And uh, this program is a great way to do that, and we would encourage your listeners to tune in. Uh, 
I do have a question that um, it, it, all of this is great manufacturing day, and there's a lot of effort and a lot of people involved. And we, we come back to one issue, though, and we he- keep hearing the same number, so there must be some truth in it, about the 600,000 uh, open positions uh, available and uh, the, the, the retiring rate and the gray hairs and the uh, baby boomers and so on. And then you're now promoting manufacturing and, get, and winning and getting uh, ahead of the curve to the point that we now have an issue called reshoring, where we're getting more jobs coming back, more orders, uh, the new orders being placed in manufacturing, and we still have the same 600,000. The effort that you're doing here in Manufacturing Day, it's, it's, this is now your fourth annual uh, event. Um, I don't know if you have any stats on uh, people who have actually bought into programs, uh, if there's any uh, success level that you are aware of. But it sounds like we're, we're trying to play catch-up. And now we bring the business back to the United States, and we still have 600,000 people uh, 600,000 jobs available. And uh, I know here the effort is to bring more people in, but I would think we would really need to start pumping it up quicker. Uh, any comment uh, from either one of you on this? It, um, I'll, uh, I'll go first, if that's okay, Mark. Um, well, there's a, there's a couple of issues as well. As You know, you certainly want to be able to – it's not just about attracting people. It's about attracting the right – people into those jobs and for a very long time uh, through traditional education systems maybe we've we've encouraged people to pursue professional careers and four-year degrees uh, on a college track uh, at the expense of uh, encouraging people to pursue careers in manufacturing and technical training uh, which is required in uh, the manufacturing industry so where we're we're trying to shorten that that uh, connection between getting the jobs and getting the right people in the jobs. Uh, the community colleges and technical colleges are the, the are great pathway because uh, two-year technical training, certificates, degrees, certifications are, the great thing about them is they're very portable to the individual so that makes them competitive in the marketplace. Uh, they ga- gain the skills they need, uh, the technical training, uh, the knowledge base, to then be able to be ready to work. And that's a critical issue is not just to educate people, but educate people to work. Uh, these kinds of schools are doing that, and in most cases, or many cases, uh, they're already partnering with their area's uh, manufacturers. Um, there's a great program in Utah where they have a rolling admission, and because in our traditional semester process or trimester process, that takes too long when the individual needs to start the education today. This school in Utah, uh, and the name of it escapes me, but it's a community college, has figured out rolling admission. You come in tomorrow, you start tomorrow on your certification and your education process it speeds the process up, it gets the individual ready to work faster, and they have the manufacturing partners available to them to then hire that person. And the final point I'll make about that is 
generally the cost of two-year technical and community colleges are probably at a 75 to 80% discount to traditional four-year university. Now, I don't say that to disparage four-year universities and colleges. Uh, I am a graduate of Central Michigan University, and uh, it's a life-changing event for me. But I'm not everybody, and uh, not everyone is interested in that path. And maybe for too long we didn't inspire people to pursue a different channel and uh, that's what we're attempting to do now and um, encourage people that it's okay to want to work with your head and your hands and not be um, – I, I majored in economics, so I'll say not be an economist. Uh, so that, that's my <laughs> attempt at an answer. And, and, Mark, how do you see us getting caught up uh, with employment and all of these vacancies in manufacturing? Well, uh, Tim, I think it's uh, I, I think of it in terms of sort of a full court press. You know, we need to be operating at this uh, on a number of different levels uh, because um, certainly we need to move quickly because there are opportunities out there. Uh, I think that there's increasing recognition, though, about um, how good these opportunities are in manufacturing through Manufacturing Day, through uh, many other activities designed to promote awareness and understanding. Um, you know, there's a growing recognition that, uh, that these are good options. And, you know, I think for, for too many years um, there was sort of a false choice that was uh, presented out there. You know, are you going to go to college or not? And if you go into these manufacturing facilities for Manufacturing Day and you look around, um, there are fewer and fewer jobs out there that don't require some post-secondary education. And uh, Ed mentioned the community colleges. Uh, they are extremely flexible uh, to meet the needs of uh, young people who want to go into these careers. They're developing new programs. Uh, they're working with employers to customize training programs uh, on a very real-time kind of basis. And so um, this, this whole idea of the false choice uh, between college or not, you know, people are understanding that even those who um, – who, who want to work in manufacturing, in order to get the, the jobs that are available increasingly and the good wage jobs, you have to have higher skill levels. And so some post-secondary education is, is a requirement. And in fact, if you talk to the folks at the, in the community colleges, they'll tell you that there um, are a surprising number of people who enroll in their technical programs after already completing a university degree. And that really goes to the point about how, you know, I think, Ed, you used the, the phrase of using your head and your hands. Um, it's not about the brawn anymore. It's about uh, using your head and using analytical skills and being pro proficient in computer applications. And so I, I think when people see uh, what you do in a manufacturing environment and what you can create as part of a team, uh, and, and some of the, uh, some of the stories um, some of the products that folks will be able to see tomorrow when they tour Manufacturing Day, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. They want to be part of that. So I, I think that will help to, um, to accelerate the, the interest in and the rate at which people are uh, exploring and moving into manufacturing careers. Uh, Tim um, and Lou, uh, this, is, this is Ed. I have one last thing uh, that I thought about I should share is our other partner in Manufacturing Day, the Manufacturing Institute, is really leading the charge in terms of uh, supporting credentials and credentialing of the workforce. And, uh, you know, they're a great partner in our effort because, you know, they're behind actually the president's um, initiative 
to build that qualified workforce. And, uh, you know, we're delighted that they're with us and in, in driving that effort. Well, I appreciate that you're bringing up that uh, point. And uh, there is a, a point that I'd like to uh, bring out and see if there's uh, anything being done in this one particular area. We do have a large uh, pool of uh, recent and current uh, vets coming back from overseas. Is there any major program uh, to get the vets involved in the manufacturing sector? They are, many of them, college kids. Many of them are uh, technically oriented. Uh, they're from the computer age, and uh, they don't have a lot of jobs. So is anything being addressed to that issue? Mark, you want to go uh, first? I, I'm sorry. Mark? Sure, um, no problem. Uh Obviously, it's a great source of talent. Uh, you know, they, they bring the right skills. They bring a great work ethic. Um, I, I, while I can't quote you uh, the names of the organizations that are intermediaries out there, uh, you can, you know, you, you hear increasingly uh, about the efforts they're making to bridge that gap between military service and and the civilian workforce uh, and workplace in manufacturing in particular. And I know certainly within the U.S. government, there are many. Um, uh, agencies that uh, have, uh, you know, job vacancies that require technical skills, and um, this administration has placed a priority on uh, um, making sure that those veterans and their technical skills are put to good use uh, in places where, you know, where those skills are needed within the public sector. But my my understanding, just from casual reading, is that uh, in addition to our efforts in the public sector, there are um, lots of intermediaries that have recognized this as an opportunity and are working with veterans to, you know, to help them bridge that gap back into into um, civilian service and and to manufacturing in particular. And Ed, I would guess the uh, FMA would like to have uh, vets in manufacturing. Is the FMA doing anything in particular? So uh, what we've done is we also have a charitable foundation called Nuts, Bolts, and Thingamajigs, and we provide uh, scholarships for students who attend two-year technical and two-year community college programs that focus on manufacturing. So we've supported uh, some veterans who uh, who've applied for scholarships uh, to pursue those careers and make that midlife change. Additionally, we've made uh, donations to a place in San Diego called the Workshop for Warriors, uh, which is focused on uh, pr providing uh, training in the metal fabricating industry uh, and getting uh, veterans coming out of uh, the Navy, Marines, uh, different branch, all branches of the military, and uh, up to speed in working in manufacturing. So those those are a couple of specific ways that we've tried to support the veterans. Uh, one last way is we are partners in a trade show called FabTech, uh, which is the largest metal forming and fabricating event in the United States. Uh, this year it's held in Atlanta. We'll have 1,400 exhibitors. And as an outgrowth of that, because it's held over Veterans Day, uh, the organization will be making a donation to a uh, workshop for warriors uh, to, again, support uh, their furthering their education and being ready to work in manufacturing. We are looking forward to actually being at FabTech and broadcasting from the show floor. Uh, Ed, to your point, the Manufacturing Institute, uh, just to get everybody's plug in here, is www.themanufacturinginstitute.org. So 
So please go to their website, listeners, and check uh, out what they have to offer. And, Mark, what are some of the Manufacturing Day events that you've seen that are fascinating to you? So um, I think one of the most impressive things is the um, the range uh, of different uh, kinds of activities and events that uh, folks can participate in. So we've heard mention about you know plant tours, uh, community college tours where you can see technical training opportunities. Uh, you know you can observe cutting edge technologies like uh, robotics and 3D printing. Uh, you know, some places are hosting viewings of American-made movie with discussion groups around that. Uh, there's hands-on demos. And, you know, in terms of um, what you can see, uh, you know, you can see things made from, you know, boats to airplanes to springs. Um, you know, if you like musical instruments, we've, there's banjos and guitars and ukuleles, uh, lots of food um, products, uh, you know, breweries, wineries, candies. Uh, I mean, it's just all over the map uh, for sporting uh, aficionados, um, snowboards, baseball bats, golf clubs. Uh, and if you just like to watch, you can go to your outdoor grill manufacturer and uh, and just kind of uh, take it on that way. And then, you know, we've got large companies that are um, very involved doing events. And then we've got lots of, uh, um, you know, very small companies who see this as an opportunity to, to get on the map and to be part of something bigger than they are you know, in the community with other partners and as part of this national celebration of manufacturing across the country. Now, Ed, I know that uh, Shell Lubricants is a proud platinum sponsor of Manufacturing Day 2014. Is Shell doing some events that people can go in and see what Shell Lubricants does? You know, uh, the great thing that Shell does is really provide uh, awareness uh, for uh, manufacturing day and uh, they've been kind enough to uh, partner with us and showcase uh, Joey Logano and his uh, team uh, their car on the NASCAR circuit uh, to help build awareness for the event and obviously uh, their industrial lubricants division is focused on making manufacturing products for for the industrial market uh, a healthy industrial market for everyone is better for everyone. So, uh, um, you know, they're just a great supporter of what we're doing, and um, we, we couldn't be happier they're with us. Well, certainly there are some fascinating things going on in manufacturing. I've often told the story of a uh, race car company, and I think they were in the Carolinas uh, having problems with their oil pump because it was blowing out at 7,500 PSI, which a race car engine is quite capable of producing. And the engineers solved the problem. They, they designed a pump that could withstand 10,000 PSI, but they couldn't make it. And they spent two years trying to come up with a pump through traditional manufacturing processes, and they ended up going to a 3D printing manufacturer in, I believe it was the state of Washington, that was using sintered metals. And they created it in five and a half hours. So that's an astonishing thing that's happening in manufacturing. And also to share with the audience, particularly students who may be listening, you know, you talk about uh, Amazon.com and Jeff Bezos wanting to deliver goods to your door by uh, 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 robots and, you know, little uh, helicopter thingamajigs, to, to use another term. Somebody has to design that. And then somebody has to make the prototype. And then somebody has to make lots of them. 
And that's the kind of fascinating stuff that's happening in manufacturing. So we certainly would encourage people to look at this, I think, to your term, Ed, as modern manufacturing. This is a whole different level. Uh, maybe you can expand on that with some of the events that you've seen happening on Manufacturing Day. Uh, you know, um, one manufacturer that absolutely deserves highlighting here is a company called Caterpillar. Uh, everybody sees the big yellow trucks out there. They're having 50 events across the United States uh, in support of Manufacturing Day. Uh, what a great opportunity for people really to see uh, in their categories Caterpillar makes amongst the finest uh, products in the world. Um, so, you know, those are great events to attend. Um, you know, you mentioned Wilmington Grill in Wilmington, North Carolina, who makes grills for kitchens, uh, stainless steel. Um, Warrenville, in Warrenville, uh, Ohio, they've got, uh, you know, 400 students from 10 local high schools will be touring um, a number of facilities, uh, including FormTech. And at that program, Lincoln Electric is going to have a virtual welding machine so that, uh, in many cases, kids can you know, in a video game format, weld things together and get that experience of what it is like to begin to be part of the, the metal fabricating process, but really, you know, work heads and hands-on together. So uh, those are, you know, just a couple of events. Uh, I mentioned uh, a couple in L.A. Um, you know, out in North Carolina, there's a place called The Forge, which is a, a maker's space and I don't know if you've heard about this trend, uh, makers, locations where we're trying to make 3D printing accessible to entrepreneurs and young manufacturers uh, who can go in with their prototypes and develop uh, specific products using 3D printing and additive manufacturing to create products that then, as you talked about, bringing to scale and producing on a mass level. Uh, so, you know, there's just – I'm going to leave somebody out, I know, uh, if I mention <laughs> right. too many more by name. Um, but, you know, those are just a few programs, um, you know, that come to mind right now. Um, in the 1,500 or probably by the, by the time this is all over, you're going to have 1,600, 1,700 uh, event locations and somewhere in the neighborhood of 50,000 people is expected to be participating. Do you, do you have in place a methodology so that you will get feedback from these 1,600, 1,700 event locations as to what happened, uh, what's the reaction, uh, some form of measurement of the success of uh, this event? Sure. Uh, it's an uh, we open do, uh... question. Yeah, we do post-event analysis where we'll survey the participants. Uh, what we're, uh, you know, we're asking about, uh, you know, what was the overall quality of the event? Uh, what types of things did you do? Uh, how many students or educators did you have an event? And that's how we've been able to, do, you know, estimate our audience numbers through that particular follow-up. What could we do better? What, do, you know, what things are important? Uh, what should we do more of in the future? So we are doing post-event analysis and research, and um, you know that's vital as to how we can fine-tune the program as we go forward. Uh, the one thing that uh, Ned talked about earlier is it is organic. So uh, Caterpillar 
maybe doing 50 events, but no two of them may be similar because they're adapted to their unique markets and location. So uh, the important thing is that uh, they're holding the event and the feedback that we can get we'll certainly share with our partners and that helps us uh, formulate and go forward for next year. Mark, what is the president doing for Manufacturing Day? I know that Lou touched on it at the top of the hour, and why is he involved? So the president is uh, going to be in Indiana at Millennium Steel uh, in Princeton, and um, he is going to be visiting uh, a steel manufacturer uh, there. Uh, They're a big supplier for Toyota and um, very innovative company that's grown um, over the last decade or so uh, from 10 employees to over 50, and uh, he'll be spending time there to show his support for manufacturing and and participating in the the celebration. You know, um, the president has talked a lot about building an economy to last, uh, and the recognition in our country that um, you can't really have innovation uh, if you separate that from manufacturing, uh, I think has been a an important realization for folks uh, over the last uh, five to ten years or so. Um, you know, I think there was, in some circles, there was a sense that, well, we can let low-wage commodity manufacturing go offshore and uh, we'll take the high-wage, high-value-added uh, production and keep it here. And you can't divorce um, innovation uh, from the manufacturing process. And so when you mentioned reshoring before, um, that certainly is a, a trend that we're very supportive of and trying to ensure that U.S. suppliers are well positioned to um, to take advantage of and support that, uh, that trend. And this has been part of a broader administration commitment to manufacturing, to innovation. Uh, you know, we're creating uh, manufacturing uh, institutes around the country. There have been investments in education and in technical training. Uh, this is a very high priority for this administration. Okay, and that that certainly makes sense. Um, Tim, I, I'm Tim, not sure if yeah, go ahead. Uh, this is that. I, I would add that you know it's important to understand that uh, U.S. private sector firms do more R&D than any other nation in the world. And there really is a strong link between R&D and productivity. And U.S. manufacturers are amongst the most productive of any country in the world. Uh, So because of this productivity, uh, the Boston Consulting Group has released some research recently that shows that the gap between manufacturing in the U.S. and in China is now less than 5% in terms of the cost to produce products. It's through productivity and innovation that uh, uh, Mark focused on is that we're now able to compete with offshore uh, nations and manufacturing operations. So as that gap shrinks even further, uh, we should continue to see momentum for reshoring to the U.S. And I'll turn it back over to you. Okay. Now, I understand, um, Mark, that you have to uh, step out of the, of the show here uh, in just a few moments. Uh, you uh, have got a, a, a tight schedule. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before you have to go on your way? And we certainly thank you for being on the show. 
Well, it's been a pleasure to participate uh, in the show today. I would just like to, to thank you for that opportunity. And um, for those uh, listeners out there who aren't involved in Manufacturing Day, I uh, would like to encourage you to, um, to uh, uh, go out and attend an event, or um, certainly we'd love to have you participate next year. There are many uh, organizations, you heard about the co-producers on the call today, who stand ready and willing to support you in that effort uh, to structure an event that will meet your needs and help you to be part of a community-wide and nationwide effort that uh, is growing in leaps and bounds um, year to year. So uh, to our co-producers, um, you know, it's, been, it's really been a pleasure working with you on this. And, um, and uh, Lou and Tim, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show today. Well, we certainly thank you for the information that you shared with our listeners. And, uh, again, if you would share the website for them to go and get more information from NIST. Sure. It's uh, www.nist.com. .gov/mep for the Manufacturing Extension Partnership. Uh, Mark Tropy, we really want to thank you for being on the show today, and uh, uh, Lou, uh, I'm sure wants to express a couple of comments to you as well. Uh, gentlemen, uh, all that were here, including Ned, uh, we really appreciated you to be here. Uh, I hope this uh, has been a help for you, and uh, I hope to be participating uh, in future events uh, with Manufacturing Day. Uh, as Tim mentioned, uh, we are looking to be at FabTech and actually broadcasting from the uh, show floor. Um, and additionally, um, I just wanted to mention that we are going to be rerunning this show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for all those who have not listened to it. And uh, we'll be tweeting and uh, social media, our, our folks, and a, few, and a few gentlemen would like to do the same. It'll help get the message out uh, more emphatically. And, uh, again, I, I, we appreciate your, uh, your time here. I, we know you're very busy. And uh, thank you very much, Tim. And I want to give you an opportunity to share some final comments with the uh, listeners here on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Is there anything that you feel we might not have covered or anything else you want to add, sir? I, I guess I would, uh, I would just add that uh, we would invite the listeners to go to mfgday.com, click on Attend an Event, uh, pull up and sort by their state, They'll be able to look at the Google map and see a flag of where all the events are. Click on the flag. That'll drill down into the details of the event and register and attend. Uh, you know, the more that we can get people exposed to manufacturing opportunities, uh, the value of manufacturing to communities, um, uh, the better off, is, as uh, uh, Ned said, the whole economy is, not just manufacturing. Um, so with that, I thank you for the opportunity to be with you today. I look forward to speaking with you again. And if any of your listeners want to find out more about FMA, we're at fmanet.org. Thank Excellent. you very much. I see you also, I see yep. you also have a, a magazine at uh, www.thefabricator.com. And I know that Ed mentioned their uh, their foundation. I love the name of their foundation, Nuts, Bolts, and Thingamajigs, which is www. 
nutsandboltsfoundation.org. So there's another place you can go for some additional information. We certainly appreciate everyone listening to the show today. There's been a lot of information that's been shared, a lot of websites they think that are important. And I think also if you look at the previous shows on mfgtalkradio.com, you'll discover a thread of information for manufacturers on how they can export, how they can get financing for exporting, how they can get funding from the SBA, how they can get funding from independent funding operations, and then how they can open their facilities and get talent in from high schools and colleges and trade schools. So we're kind of building a database of places for you to look to find helpful information, and then you can spin out from there to the particular websites. So we invite all of our listeners to visit mfgtalkradio.com, and that wraps up our show for today. We will meet with you again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.